What makes our country great is the legislative system put in place to protect our freedoms, with lawyers ensuring justice for our nation's citizens. Tune in as top legal experts come together to discuss all things law on The Legal Network. How you guys doing? I'm Tony Arce. Welcome to The Legal Network Podcast. Today I'm joined by attorney Sean Connolly of Connolly Law Office. Sean, thanks for being here, brother. It's great to be here. Thank you for inviting me. No, what a pleasure. And getting to know you has been a pleasure. But, Likewise. Uh, yeah, and thank you for your service. Oh, thank you. And thank you for yours. It's oh. been great kind of talking about a lot of our shared experiences. I know. It's, uh, it's a different culture, right, when you're in the military. It is a different culture, yeah. And, and, and you come from a family of, of military. I do, yeah. My dad is a retired colonel from the uh, Army Reserve. And then my, uh, my grandfather, uh, my dad's dad, was... Uh, in the Navy in World War II, was on Omaha wow. Beach on D-Day. He was um, on an LST boat. And then my mom's uh, father, my, my other grandfather, was in the Army between uh, World War I and II. Wow. So a very rich history. It is, yeah. So I, th- I think my, my grandfather, uh, my mom's father, I think his, his motivation was to get away from his father. So I think he was like <laughs> 16 and he like ran away from home. So you, you know it's rough at home when you flee to the army. <laughs> but that was a thing a lot back then. I, I mean, think so, yeah. A lot, especially in, the, in World War II, you heard a lot of 16, 17-year-old kids who were t- like basically in command because everyone was dead. Yeah, and the scrutiny was like, how old are you? I'm 18. Yeah. All right, good enough for yeah, us. Yeah. You know, apparently they didn't have like driver's licenses. Well, it's not like now, right? All this uh, ID stuff. But that's uh, right. Yeah. So you're still in uh, the reserves, though, correct? I am. Yeah. Yeah, and, I am. It'll be uh, 27 years in May, not counting wow. OTC. That's incredible. Yeah. And uh, what was the, I guess, the, I mean, I know you have the, the history, but mm-hmm. what was it for you that drew you to wanting to join the military? But then also, um, well, we'll get into the, the legal side of it. But really for you, it was getting into the military first because you were not even in the legal side of things. You were right. in uh, nuclear, biological, and chemical warfare, right? Well, that's what they put me in. <laughs> <laughs> I was a history major in college. Okay. And, um, you know, I, I joined ROTC when I was college. I didn't go into college like with the ROTC scholarship. I ended up getting it and getting a, a two-year scholarship. Hmm. But I was talking to my dad, and, uh, you know, and he was – you know, just talked about how the military just made him better and just, you know, I think made his life better. And that left an impression on me and it really convinced me to join. I, I think the interest was there before, but that was really what solidified it. And to me, it was, I, I didn't really want to do you know, a lot of the jobs that people were graduating college and, mm-hmm. and doing. I, I wanted adventure and I think growing up, and you, know, you see different movies like Star Wars and Indiana Jones, and I had trouble separating. I think that that's just a movie. I'm like, I want, I want to do stuff like that. I want adventure, um, and you know, I, I it, the military was was great for that. But uh, yeah, so as a history major, and then you know, we we put in at our senior year whether we want uh, you know active duty or the reserve. I put in active duty, and then they could list. You could list at least at that time like six different like branches of the army that you'd want to go into. And the nuclear, biological, and chemical stuff was not one of my six. So <laughs> apparently the needs of the army yeah, took yeah. over, and they're like, well, you're going to do this. But once you're in, you're in. Once you're in, you're in, yeah. yeah. And now your father was also uh, an attorney, though. He is, yeah. He's, he's oh, a, he is. He, well, he's, 
he was an attorney, and then he became a judge. Nice. And then he retired in July of uh, 2021 from the bench. So now oh, wow. he's yeah. So now he's a retired judge. So recently, that's yeah, very cool. yeah. It's been a little over a year that he's been retired. So law and military run run in the family. Yeah, um, at least I guess uh, second generation, and my uh, younger brother's a lawyer as well. And so, what was that like to go from you know being an NBC to then going into law? That was a transition that you made while still in uh, on active duty. No, so I was um, I got off active duty, so I still had that MOS, mm. um, and you know I was in I had to go into the Illinois National Guard was was part of the condition of my I asked to be released early so I could start law school. Gotcha. And they said that's fine, but you got to go into the National Guard. I said okay, it sounds good. So I did that time, and um, and then I wanted to transfer to the reserve, you know. And I said, it, 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 like people listen to this podcast, you know, the uh, National Guard is state, state component, and Army Reserve is federal. So I wanted to um, switch over to the reserve, and then uh, the position I went into was as a, a general's aide. So I was an aide de camp to a two-star general. That's a great experience. It was, yeah. That was kind of, and and that's actually when I got deployed. To the Middle East, I, I was deployed as a general's aide. He was a, a two-star general. He was the commander of the 416th Theater Engineer Command. I mean, if you're going to be deployed, that's the way to go, right? I felt, yeah, <laughs> it was the way to go. So uh, it was good duty. It was. He was, you know, very good general. I learned a lot from him. I think just that it's, I was a captain at the time. To see that level of leadership yeah. um, was great. And he was a very good leader, a very intelligent man. He's, he's still alive. He's a um, very good person. That's awesome. Yeah, it was good. So walk me through then the transition from doing this in for the military then starting on your own, right? Because, well, how long have you been uh, on your own in, in your own office? I've been on my own since 2009. Okay. Yeah. So what, uh, what prompted that? Well, uh, my dad had a law practice. I was at the time working for the state of Illinois as uh, an attorney. And uh, you know, my dad had a law practice. And when he was... I think kind of vying to become a judge, you know, he wanted to become a judge. And uh, I told him, look, if you're selected, then I'd like to take over your practice. And um, so that, that that's what happened. So oh, no way. Yeah. Well, they kept it in the family. Kept in the family. So. And what is it that you decided to specialize in? Was it just what that you're already known for in terms of the practice? Or Well, I started out as a prosecutor. My first job um, as an attorney was as a prosecutor in Cook County. And my dad's practice was... And that was your first job out of college? My first job out of law school. Out of law school, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. my first job out of college was, no, was the Army. Law yeah. school, yeah, yeah. Yeah, out of law school as a prosecutor. No college. way, okay. Yeah. Now, were you doing that in the military also? Like, were you working for JAG or no? No, I, well, I came in, um, so I applied to tr- for a transfer into the JAG Corps from the Chem Corps. Um, and I, you know, I got back from my deployment. I, I was eventually, you know, transferred into there, but... Um, it was in the reserve. The reserve doesn't do a lot of like court martials. We we can, but it's just kind mm-hmm. of the nature. We we really don't do a lot of that. Gotcha. Um, we will do administrative separations, things like that, um, and we provide a lot of other uh, legal services to you know soldiers and and also uh, retirees that would qualify for legal services. But yeah, I mean, I I did do, you know, I guess technically it is prosecutions because we represent the government um, on those administrative separations. But it's not in front of a judge. It's in in front of a panel. 
gotcha. of, of officers. Yeah. And so tell me about the the services you do provide, and you know where I guess where's the the biggest focus for you um, in, in the practice in the, my civilian practice? Yeah. Now. No. Yeah. So you know I, yeah. we do criminal defense. Um, you know, so we, and it just ranges. Yeah, I mean, there's things I don't do, mm. but um, you know, like s- stuff that we do is you know, we, we do a fair amount of DUIs. Okay. Um, you know, maybe someone is charged with battery, or if it's uh, domestic violence, things of that nature, we we will represent people. Um, you know, theft, things of those natures. We I, I I don't do any sex crimes. You know, I I don't represent people charged with that. Um, so and then you know it, it it's really what I have found is like people that do criminal defense you it kind of falls into really two different areas it's it's like you have people their practices focused on maybe more serious felony work like murders you know mm-hmm. there's you you might have a, a criminal defense attorney but you know he he probably doesn't solely do murders but he may do a lot you know because that, that's an area you you really have to be well trained because your client it's not like they're going to lose their driver's license for a year you know they're going to the Husqa for about you know 80 80 years and you know if they're 30 years old it's like yeah it's probably the rest of your life um so you 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 tend to have lawyers that that may focus solely on that and then you have attorneys that'll maybe lower level stuff but a higher volume Hmm. so and when you say like, yeah, there's certain things you won't do, is that more just a moral, you know, your your moral compass that wouldn't allow you to do those things, or is it for another reason? Yeah, I, that, I mean, I think it's when when I decided to do it, when you know, I took over my dad's practice. I said, you know, I, I need to be able to look myself in the mirror. Yeah. But it's also about you know that that client, no matter what they did, no matter how horrific of the crime that they're charged with uh, committing. I mean, they deserve a good defense. And if I don't feel like I'd be able to provide that person with a good defense, then I, I shouldn't be representing them. So, no, that makes sense. And yeah. talk to me about the real estate side, because I know that's a, mm-hmm. that's a big part of, of what you do as well. Yeah, the real estate is uh, it, it's, it's great. I mean, we really enjoy doing it. Uh, so we represent people that are buying and selling residential, commercial, or industrial real estate. Um, so yeah, I mean that's that's something which is um, it's very enjoyable. I mean I enjoy uh, doing the criminal defense, but real estate it's it, it it's it's for most it it's a happy moment. Um, you know, usually people that are charged with some criminal offense they're not super happy about the situation that they're in. Yeah. But people that are you know buying and selling property, especially if they're buying property, you know they're excited. Maybe it's their first home, and it's good to share that experience with them and to be there. Um, you know, because Illinois, you know, states are different. Some states really don't have attorneys involved. It's really just the title company. Um, and I, I think it's good that Illinois is a state that uses attorneys because you have someone looking out for your best interest, um, someone going over the tax prorations for you, um, someone looking at all the fees and, you know, to look and say, well, what is this fee for? And maybe ask the title company, you know, why is this fee on here? <laughs> You know, please take that off. Um, I'm sure you see that a lot. Yeah, I mean, you do. I mean, and, and I always tell, like, my, my paralegal, Kathy, who's great, um, if you see something on there that you don't recognize, ask. Be like, take that off. And, it, you know, it, it, sometimes they say, well, the lender requires it. Okay. If that's the case where it's, you know, lender requires it, you, know, you can't get a loan unless that's fine. But, you know, sometimes if it's discretionary or if they're just trying to, sneak another <laughs> fee in there 
you know, n- not that title companies are, are bad. They're not. And, um, you know, the title companies that we work with, we enjoy working with them and, and they're very professional and they provide great value um, now how, to the client. How do you navigate those waters when you're, uh, in terms of identity and marketing yourself to mm-hmm. your clients, right? The difference between being criminal defense, but then also real estate, right? How, how, yeah, how just talk, talk me through how you... Um, you know, communicate the brand to, to prospective clients. Yeah, I, I mean, a lot of our you know branding is is just by referrals, doing a great job for someone, and when they have you know maybe a son or daughter, uh, you know, brother or sister, mother or father, um, you know, when they're happy with their experience with us, they'll say, hey, look, these are you know the this attorney and paralegal, this law office, you know, they're honest, good value. Um, they really look out for our best interest. I mean, that's really the best thing that we can do. But we're also on Facebook, and <laughs> you know, and, and and we ask clients if if you're happy with the representation, please please recommend us or please leave a referral online. No, that's smart. And um, like when it comes to, I guess, the way that you run the business and and your military experience, mm-hmm. talking just some of the, the, the overlaps and, and what you've learned and the things that you take from the military into the business that, you know, maybe some others wouldn't consider and, and, and could use or benefit from, whether it be organizational skills or whether it be just the discipline that it requires to run a business. But what do you think is the biggest takeaway that, you know, you can sense from your experience in the military that you bring into your business? Probably that it's, I'm doing this because I enjoy it. Um, if you anyone that served the military, I know that you you did. You don't join the military saying that I'm joining because it's going to make me rich. <laughs> right, right, right. You have a passion there, a love for your country, a desire to serve. Um, you know, to not just serve your country, but to serve other people. Absolutely. And you know, I think for me, it, it's the same with my law practice. There's other more lucrative areas in in the law. Than criminal defense and real estate, and but I look at it, and I do what I do because I enjoy it, and it's look. I enjoy looking out for the client. I enjoy spending time with the client, learning about them and their family, and making sure that the experience is painless, goes smoothly, and hopefully is enjoyable. You know, and a lot of times at the closing, it's fun to be at the closing. It's yeah. it's you know, so I, I would say that's probably. The biggest similarity, I, I, you know, I continue to serve in the military. I mean, I could retire if I wanted to. I'm vested in my pension. I, I could, you know, I don't have any more obligations as far as like, you know, well, you know, we sent you to this school, so you owe us two sure. years or three years. But I continue to serve because I want to. Um, I, I think I continue to work as an attorney in those areas because I enjoy it and I enjoy helping the clients. What's been the biggest thing you've had to learn or overcome that maybe the military didn't prepare you for when it came to when it comes to business um you know as you took over for for the firm back in 09 you know i i think in the military it, it it's like we're working for a shared goal and you're you're in the business of sacrifice and helping each other and in you know the private sector and certainly i think in having your own business, I mean, it's, you know, you don't necessarily have people looking out for you. 
Yeah, I mean, it's you know, you have people in your family. I was, I'm, I'm lucky, you know, to, to this day. I mean, to have my my dad as a mentor and someone that could guide me. And I mean, not just just simple business sense. You know, what, what do I do about this? And there are other people that have been great mentors to me. Um, you know, but it, it is. It's it's like you're kind of you're you're competing with other lawyers. It is a business. You're competing with other lawyers. Um, you know, but on the same note, it's. You know, while you can't necessarily control how people treat you, you can control how you're going to treat the people that work for you, and how you treat your clients. It's you know, I, I kind of use the example, um, and and I it's, you know, same thing with in the military. I'm, I'm the commander of the unit, and if soldiers, and it's like, well, what kind of commander do you want to be? What type of boss do you want to be? And I think, you know, I I love like the book and the movies, A Christmas Carol mm-hmm. with Scrooge. Yeah. And do you remember when, when Scrooge went back in time? And, and do you remember like his first job, he worked for the one guy that's like Fizzywig or Fuzzywig or something. And he was a really good guy. I mean, it, and um, you know, I remember it was like Christmas time and he's having a Christmas party for like the employees and they're dancing. He's got all this food. He was like a good employer, yep. a good leader. And then Scrooge, if you look, obviously you knew as the movie opened up, you know, he was not a good employer, you know, for Bob Cratchit worked for him. He had to work in the cold and he probably didn't pay him a lot of money, you know, gave him Christmas Day off and, you know, made him feel guilty about right. that. And it's like, what kind of employer, what kind of commander do you want to be? Do you want to be, a you know, a fizzy wig or you want to be Scrooge? Um, so, yeah, you can't always control how people treat you, but you can control, you can make the change in your office, in your unit, and how you treat other people. I love so, that. Love yeah. that. Um, so what advice would you give to young leaders that step into that role? And, you know, I think a lot of times people have just their preconceived notions of what that looks like, and they go in that direction and kind of lose that, you know, that sense of self-awareness, if you will, where they're not seeing the impact it has. How can one prevent that from just kind of going into a blind or ignorantly, but to, to be intentional about the type of leadership or leader they want to be? Yeah, I, I mean, I think success is subjective. And I think if someone came to me and wanted my advice, I, you know, I'd, I'd look at him and say, well, it's like, do you see me as being successful? Because it is subjective. Maybe to some people, I'm not successful. Uh, to others, maybe I am. And, and I think it, I would say to someone, it's like, if you view me as successful, you have to know that, you know, what is my success based on? And it's based on good mentorship, um, you know, and and having someone when, when I was, you know, transitioning to this job and saying, well, this is what I recommend you do or, you know, uh, structure, you know, wh- whether it's accounts or insurance uh, types of, cases you're going to take. It's like, I'm successful because I had someone to give me guidance, good mentors. And I I would say, I I recommend you do that. Find someone that you think not only does it well, but does it ethically. And, you know, ask them to be your mentor. (laughs) I mean, and that's great advice too, just because I think oftentimes, you know, if you're not identifying what you see as successful and you look at someone and you say, well, you know, maybe it's just money or maybe it's just this right. and you're not fully looking at the bigger picture, that that save yourself a lot of time. Yeah, <laughs> right. That. 
And and maybe and sometimes people just look at money as success. Right. And it's just that couldn't be further from the truth. Yeah. <laughs> I mean no, I, I mean it is. And and I mean how many people do you know? It's like we were talking earlier just about you know, people in Hollywood that are uh, uh-huh. miserable and you might look at them and you know, they, they might be, you know, a nice looking person, have all the money in the world, more money than they can ever spend and they're miserable or, yeah. or they commit suicide or they're just and so obviously that's not the answer. That's not the key to success. But if you look at people that are, you know, in Hollywood, people that are very successful, I mean, I think it's like they're enjoying what they're doing. And, you know, and, and most likely they probably treat others with respect, starting at home. They treat their wife with respect if they're married or, or you know, their significant other, if they have children or their friends. Um, you know, that they help other people out in the business. It's not just, I got to the top and I'm going to pull the ladder up. It's, I'm going to, I was successful or I'm viewed as being successful and, and I could share with you what I did and I'll help you if I can. That's awesome. No, then it's so true. Um, so on that, what does 2023 look like for you, for your firm? Uh, you know, what, what's the vision? What are you hoping for? What are you working towards? You know, I mean, we're hoping um, we, we want to grow you know, all sides of the practice. Um, so, you know, we want to, you know, grow the uh, criminal defense side. We certainly want to grow the real estate side. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, what, one thing that we'd like to get is, you know, more realtors uh, that, that we work with to have, um, you know, if, if a client asks a realtor for a recommendation for an attorney, we would love for them to recommend us as, as, as one of the recommendations. Um, support yeah. the troops, right? Support the troops for <laughs> sure. Yeah, um, but for them to know that they could recommend us, and that you know, that, and that their um, that their client, if they become our client, is going to be taken care of. And to us, taking care of the client is make sure we answer all their questions. When they call, we answer the phone. And if we're on the other line, if it goes to voicemail, that we. Um, you know, get back to them as soon as possible. If they email us, that we respond. And, you know, as I say, it's like we drill down to bedrock and we keep going on the issues to make sure that they get resolved completely so that when we're walk into the closing that, you know, that the issues have been identified and resolved. And there are things that maybe come up in the walkthrough of the property before closing. And, you know, sometimes it happens and we just have to resolve them but for them to know that the skill set is there to resolve those issues and to be treated with respect. Well, and, and I can attest to that. You're, you just say you have a, you have a, a very kind uh, and, and generous spirit. So well, Thank you. I appreciate yeah, that. And on that, I want to thank you for, for coming in. Well, it's my story. pleasure. Oh, thank Thanks you. for having me. It was great talking to you.